0: The show! show. You have all made it through the damn. You have all made it, made it made. Coming to you from the X Access. It's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 129, and part three. Of our three year anniversary, this is the final installment. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. Man, this has been fun. Revisiting the first three guests. I cannot tell you how rewarding this was because I don't often get to check in with my guests. You know, I don't do additional episodes on the record. Maybe I should because things change. Life moves. Life evolves. These folks reinvent themselves. And that is certainly the case here on episode 129, talking to Bird, Jason Calloway. Now, he was episode 3, and at the time, he was going great guns with Rooster and Moon. And Rooster and Moon is a place that I adored. It was a place that I used to go at least once a week. They had probably my favorite thing to eat in this entire city, and that was a Wrigley. It was this unbelievable salad that I've gone on and on and on about on this podcast before and in print so I'm not going to rehash that for you needless to say it was exquisite and I miss it because I haven't found anything to fill that gap in my life and there's a piece of me that's empty as a result of it so with that said that's a note of melancholy probably more than I might like but given that Rooster and Moon was a place that I looked forward to going, where I got work done, where I would sit and bang out client deliverables, where I sent my first sort of client proposals. This all figures very prominently in my memory, and I miss it. I had a front row seat to Bird sort of going through this business, I don't want to say slipping away from him, but the evolution of this business as it wound down and came to no longer exist. You know, I'd be sitting at the counter, eating a salad, banging out some emails, and I'd chat with Bird, and he'd give me a little bit of inside information about what was going on, and it broke my heart, because I saw this guy who I adore, who is also one of my favorite people, going through some really tough times. And so, on this week's show, on the final edition of our three-year anniversary, we dig into that a little bit. We dig into what was happening. Once again, across all three episodes... The death of a loved one figures prominently in this story. I saw this thing once, and I can't remember where I saw it. It's probably some Facebook meme or something, but it's kind of stuck with me. And basically it's, everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So be kind always. And I like that as a maxim, because when I did episode two three years ago with Cindy Sovine Miller, I didn't know that her dad was going through chemo. You know, I didn't know that Bird's mom had passed away a few months after we had recorded our episode, even though I was in Rooster and Moon frequently. I mean, I knew it, but, you know, I didn't know the ins and outs of it. And so everyone has something that they're dealing with, something that is unseen, something they don't show to the rest of the world, but that they are fighting tooth and nail while trying to do everything else and trying to keep the plates spinning. And that's amazing to me. That is a stark reminder After doing these three episodes for my three-year anniversary. So I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity. I'm so happy that these three folks all agreed to be a part of the show. And, you know, what can I say? I have nothing but gratitude for everything that happens with this show. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the three-year anniversary. Whether you've been with me since episode one, whether you're tuning in for the first time right now, I am forever in your debt. So thank you for letting me into your life. Okay, before I start weeping, let's just get to episode 129. This is Bird. This is Jason Calloway. He is a chef, he is a restaurateur, he is an entrepreneur, and he is the former co-owner of Rooster Moon. And his episode starts right now.
1: Daylight savings is dumb, isn't it? I don't know why we still have it. I think it's to, it's for golf courses to make more money.
0: Uh, <laughs> what, so they can stay open later?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, or start earlier. I'm really tired of big
0: golf telling us how to live our lives <laughs> seriously. <laughs> right? All over the TV and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> big golf just, uh, setting the agenda and screwing up my kids' sleep schedule. It was fine waking up, right? Because they woke up an hour later this morning. But, this evening is going to be the real challenge when we say, okay, it's 630 time to start getting ready for bed. And my daughter's going to be like, it looks like noon outside, you know, and it's not time because it feels like 530. So I am not looking forward to it. Uh, there's a bill in the legislature right now to change us permanently to daylight savings time, which I am all in favor of. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I'm fine with it.
0: It never really affected me, but it was always
1: interesting, um, being in the restaurant industry. Right. Starting the pool on who was going to show up late <laughs> or who was <laughs> going to show I'm up t- an
0: hour early in the fall.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I won a lot of
0: money on that. So you, uh, you had the behavior of your employees dialed in for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd expect nothing less, right? What are you up to now?
1: Uh, not much right now. I'm kind of, um, I've spent the last three weeks. Um, Pretty much wrapping up the the closing, closing of Verster and Moon. Right. Um, Shutting in the doors and um, handing over keys is not the only part of the process. Right. There's so many things you need to close down. Secretary of State, Department of Revenue, the IRS, the city and county, all of the vendor accounts you've ever had. (laughs) You know, you have to go through and and make sure they're all closed out properly. Comcast, you know, your... Oh, sure. You know. Internet. uh, Utilities. Yeah. You know, and finishing up the last round of taxes, so when you're closing a business, it's very different than when you're just filing business tax corporation taxes for right. previous years. You have to get rid of your entire depreciation schedule. So that was fun to figure out. <laughs> you have an accountant though, right? I do, but he hasn't closed an S-corp before. Oh, Jesus. In 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 recent times. You okay. know, he's been doing taxes for 40 years, but he's like I haven't done this and everything changes every year. Yeah. You know, they upped our um, actual due date for taxes for businesses by a month this year, you know, March 15th, and told no one. Oh, that's fun. So I was expecting to have my first appointment on March 15th, and the accountant called me and said, You better get
0: in here a little early. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of upped my time. but. Good Lord, man. All right. This is Jason Calloway, who was guest on episode three. And I think I titled that episode Chef, Tour, Entrepreneur, and co-owner of Rooster and Moon. Now, all of those things, I would say, are still true, except for the co-owner of Rooster and Moon, right? Rooster and Moon folded up shop this year, last year, Uh, 16, right? Last day of September, and 16, yeah. Wow. And I wrote about that on the blog. I wrote this, I'd, I'd call it a eulogy for it, a tribute, something like that.
1: It was very nice, thank
0: you. Yeah, and I was there on that last day. And that was that was an intense day, man. I, I for me, and I what was it like for you?
1: Oh, I, I couldn't get any work done between the hugs and the tears. Yeah. Uh, but they were all good. Um, right. I, I was visited by regulars that I hadn't seen in four or five years because they got wind of it and they live in Westminster, or Colorado Springs, right. or you know they've moved on in life. And uh, that last week, I saw more people, <laughs> and it was so great. It was just heartwarming, and everybody was awesome. What um? H- how long
0: a run did Rooster and Moon have? We
1: broke ground in June of '09. We opened okay. our doors in November of '09, and yeah, so almost seven full years. Seven full years. That
0: I mean, what you know? When you started it, did you expect it to last in perpetuity, or did you go, if we get this kind of run, or? You know, at what point did did you go? This thing was a success. Did you have that in mind, or do you do that when you start something like this? Honestly, my uh, my business partner at the time, he was
1: more time oriented with goals. Okay. Um, he was like, "All right, after the after year one, we want to be here. After year two, we want to be here. Three here, five here, and after five, we'll decide <laughs> whether or not it's a viable area, a viable business, and if we want to either expand it or um, grow the existing concept in house. Um, I looked at it more of, please God, let me pay my loans. (laughs) (laughs) That was basically where I was. I was like, all right, if we're making this much by this time, how long before I can pay off, you know, every, everybody I owe. Yeah. Um, so that's the way I looked at it. And in the beginning it was, um, really difficult. Any new startup, even if you own other concepts, it's really hard to judge your volume in the first year. Mm Mm-hmm you have no idea what you're going to do.
0: Yeah, you have nothing to measure it against, right? Right. I'm, yeah, there's no yeah, there's
1: no metric for it. Okay. I mean, you can you can get out there and you can find numbers all over the place, but they're not going to be in the same exact place you are. Mm. You know, the neighborhood, the street, the foot traffic, the, you know,
0: neighboring businesses. All
1: the yeah, all the demographics that go into an area, it's not going to be the same. You can kind of put a tack in it. Yeah. Um and say this is where I want to be. But there were days, honestly, that I think I may have said this in the original podcast where I got on my knees and prayed that I did not do something incredibly dumb.
0: Right. <laughs> you did say that. I remember that well. You know, it's funny because I remember when you opened it, and Kristen, our wives knew each other. We we knew each other only a little bit. And when I was working corporate, I I didn't get over there much. But the story of Rooster Moon or I'm sorry, the story of my consulting gig, Deft Communications, Rooster Moon plays an important role in that because it was the first place that I thought of to go because I didn't know what to do. I'm like, what do I do today now? Like, I don't go to this office. I don't have this corporate gig. Where do I go? I knew I could come to your shop. And I I wrote about this, but I remember seeing you, and I saw Brandy Shigley, who's been on this show twice, and I go, okay, I, I feel okay now. I know what I can do. And from that point forward, I was probably in there at least once a week, right? At least. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say, and you you guys poured gallons of iced tea into my face. You uh, you know, I, I got so many Dale's Pale Ales and Wrigley Salads and holy lord. But it's funny. I'd chat with you during those times because you were there almost every time I was there. And it seemed like in the later years and as, as we sort of get to the end – you were dedicating more and more time and more and more energy there. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh, it's very fair to say, yeah. Um, my my two operating um, partners had moved out of the business to okay. pursue other things. They were still uh, owners of the business. But did you I buy was, them out? or I did not. Okay. Um, there was really nothing to buy, to okay. be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> We were we were in it more for the love than the money, um, okay. but money always comes into play. So when these two had the opportunity to go out and do something that helped them financially, then I said, right. "Please, by all means," because I don't want you in here and and not happy with your lives financially.
0: Yeah, you don't you don't want them resenting. Absolutely, what what they're doing because
1: sure. it carries over. Yeah, you know, regardless of how good a game face you have, um, it carries over if you're not happy. Sure. So yeah, when they, they had the opportunity to go and pursue other things, I said, please do. Yeah, it really put me there a lot.
0: I mean, did that wear on you? Oh, absolutely. Did you start to get resentful a little bit? Uh, there were
1: times, um, for sure. When you're working seven days a week and you don't know if it's going to be a 10 hour day or a two. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, at some point you can't, the vacations go away. Um, even right. if they're small weekend trips, the, when you're, when you're in a small business with a small staff, who do they call when they don't feel good, or no. you know, or they need time off?
0: Um, it's you. So I was playing many roles. I mean, you were you were not only doing all the back of the house stuff, you know, all the admin stuff, all the stuff that no one sees that goes into a business, all the unglamorous stuff, right? The tax stuff, the dealing with Comcast, the dealing with vendors, getting stuff ordered, right? That was all you, absolutely. And you were front of the house a lot too, because I mean, that's where I'd see you. You were. You know, you'd fill in, slinging drinks, bussing tables, and to me, I I thought, man, he is grinding himself into a powder here. And, I mean, you expressed to me, you're like, "I, I, I don't, I don't know how long I can do this. And so, at what point did you know? Did you think? Did you suspect you were done with it?
1: Well, I would say, I would say, a couple of years before we closed.
0: A couple of years?
1: Yeah. I, I had mentioned that my mother passed away, and I, I spent two weeks in Texas with my family. And When was that? That was in December of 14. Okay. Um, right before Christmas.
0: Okay. Wow. So not long... We did this, the initial show, we taped it, I think, in February of 14, because this show launched in March of 14. So, God, okay. So just like seven, eight months later.
1: Right. And... One of my partners had already left um, for a full time position somewhere else, and my other partner was in school,
0: no oh, Um
1: and helping me out. Um, so the the couple of weeks that I was in Texas and dealing with that, and part of that was I oversaw everything as far as the, you know, particulars with the family. Yeah. So I'm trying to run both one over the phone and email, and one while I'm there, which was fine because it was a distraction from you know uh, the sadness yeah, of the entire of event. But when I came back to town, I, I really put myself back into work um, instead of grieving. And oh. about a month later, my still operating business partner asked if he could go away permanently. Oh, so I was like, go ahead. You know, I mean, it, and it, no resentment, nothing whatsoever. I said, I got this. It's probably the best thing for me right now is to just work and not think because, you don't know, have to think when you run a business right. not at all no, it it's <laughs> but i don't have to think about other things um but it did wear on me yeah you it, don't
0: have to dig into your feelings is what you're saying right 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 you don't you don't really have time and and ulti- i understand and i empathize with sort of your thought process there ultimately it's incorrect i'm sure oh, you yeah. found dr that.
1: phil would tell you it's very
0: unhealthy <laughs> at what point did it catch up with you then
1: uh it just kind of gradually it was gradually it I, was mean, a creep. I was i was losing sleep i was starting to break down physically mm-hmm. i was becoming physically ill, um, just because the amount of hours and the lack of sleep and and the stress.
0: Sure. I went to, and the repressed feelings that are going to emerge, whether you want them to or not.
1: Right. And right about this time, our original building owners sold the building. Okay. And there was a lot of speculation there as to what was going to happen because the terms of the negotiation basically said they had first right of refusal on any existing tenant. They could have come in and asked me to
0: leave that day. Oh, wow. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So geez. Okay. So that's a lot of uncertainty to deal with. That's like the sort of Damocles hanging over you.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I basically had a meeting with these new owners and it was a two hour, basically them interviewing me on what I was going to do to fulfill the lease and how I was going to do it. And I mean, I gave them all the information and, uh, I, I had no idea what they were going to do with the building, because if anybody who's listening knows the area, the Golden Triangle is the new hot. Mm. It is blowing up. And when I moved in there, it nobody went over there. <laughs> right. You know, it, it was and it was a different feel. And I started feeling it was healthy paranoia, if you will. <laughs> I'm looking over my shoulder when people come in in suits and they start looking up and around the the, the at the ceilings I start I go over and introduce myself. "Hi, how are you? What are you up to?" Yeah. You know. Um
0: I'm the owner of this fine establishment. Yes, yes. Who are you? Yeah, it was it was like that, but um just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. That's a great line.
1: Yeah, but I I really had no idea and I I knew the market value for our our property was was growing exponentially. And I just kind of saw the writing on the wall, and then I did a lot of soul-searching with all my partners, my wife included. And I said, if if it comes to bear that I get news about anything, what should I be doing? Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest consensus was, let's scale it back a little bit and just wait and see. And that's kind of what I did.
0: By scale it back, what do you mean?
1: I I cut down our hours quite a bit. Okay. Um I had no more uh, no longer had a bar program which was hugely prolific in the beginning because right. I had a bar manager that, that that was his wheelhouse and that's all he did. But now he's gone. Right. So I focused more on my daytime where the volume was um, and yeah. kind of let the evening I reeled it back in. I started closing my kitchen a little bit earlier. I I right. didn't offer the the alcohol as much. You know, I kept it to beer, wine and if, you know, your basic
0: well. Yeah. You know,
1: I just kind of slowed it down i dropped it to a lower speed
0: yeah you know that's funny when i was in there and i guess i guess i was aware of this but i never asked you about it but i'm like you don't have the call brands that you used to have and you're right it was just sort of uh it was like a speed well some wines and yeah i mean i i always drink beer anyway because i was mostly drinking in the afternoon there and a little early for cocktails but (laughs) what are you gonna do right well when i originally opened it i always wanted to be kind of that I don't
1: want to say day drink spot, sure. but I wanted to be that if you work until 3, coding all day, I want you to pop a beer at 3 o'clock. And by happy hour, I, I want to do, throw you a happy hour, but then I want you to go out and have fun, live your life, get sure. out of here. Yeah. You've been working here all day. Yeah. That's kind of the idea I wanted. But we started to get events such as Geeks Who Drink and, and more call for later hours. And so we really dug into that, and it was really nice in the beginning You know, when you had somebody that could pay attention to that and only that. Um, The vendors, what's new and hot right now, um, making our own bedders. We were making our own syrups, making our own limoncellos. We were doing all that stuff. But, you know,
0: manpower is a big deal. Bandwidth. So, okay, as you sort of approached the closing and as you knew it was on the horizon, because, I mean, I was in there, like I said, I was in there regularly, and there still seemed to be uncertainty about it right up until the very end right? What was the uncertainty about? Is it how you were exiting or what the space was going to become or, you know, were there offers to buy it? Like what, how did that unfold? Because it seemed like up until the very end, you weren't exactly sure how it was going to play out.
1: Well, I'll be honest. It, it all pinned down to, um, a business deal that fell through. That's what deflated me all the way down to okay i'm just going to shut up shop yeah i was in talks with the group i had gone to my you know the building owners and i said listen guys i said my lease is coming up soon probably i'm absolutely not going to resign because you they they really wanted um 50% more than i was paying okay, okay. and i was like i can't sustain that um, unless i completely and dramatically change my business model i can't do it yeah. um so i knew i was going to, going to leave anyway so when I when I realized that, I went to the, the the building group, and I said, guys, listen, if you can start now hitting the bricks and finding someone who wants to be in this space, I will sell them my tangible assets, hmm. and I will sell them everything in here for a price, and it's a turnkey operation. They come in. They get it. They don't have to spend the capital on the things they don't need to spend it on, Yeah, and it'll be an easy thing. So they were super geeked about that. Sure. It's like turnover like that. It's like day
0: day. Yeah, to that, day. Um, that almost never happens. Right.
1: They'd have to come in and do some aesthetic changes for their concept. But, it, I mean, two weeks, unless they're putting in something
0: outrageous. Yeah, something radically different, yeah. right?
1: So I I found a group, or the, he, they found a group, and it was actually a gentleman that I had met before. Yeah. He had created another concept and was doing all the paperwork in Rooster and Moon. To set up that place <laughs> a year prior, two years prior.
0: Wow. So I knew
1: the guy. So I already had a rapport. Um, and we talked a lot. And he was super excited about the space. And he had some outside investors. And it went all the way up to the day we were supposed to shake hands on the deal. Oh, my God. And I got the phone call that they were backing out. I had spent four months on this process. Did they say why? They said it was because of the market price. Okay. They tried to negotiate a lease. The building owners were not willing to budge. Okay, And that's you know that's all I know about it. Um, I'm not privy to those talks. (laughs) Right. But it it really crushed me. That was a hard day for me because I had to call everybody who was excited about this and had put work into this deal being being made to say it's done. It is completely squashed. There's no way we're going to get this done. So I'd either have to start from scratch with a new group or just lose my assets as they are, you know, sell them, sell them, you know, piecemeal or, you know, just whatever. Yeah. It was just a like There's so much going through your head. Like, what do I got to do now? What yeah. do I do now? And then you're four months behind the eight ball that I've been spending with this yeah. one group. So what ended up happening is I went back to the building group and I said, guys, I'm done with that. That exhausted me. I'm still I'm giving you a date that I'm going to be gone. And it was before my lease was up. Mm-hmm. But they were really wanting more money. I could tell. And they could get it from someone. Right. So I was like, I'll make a deal with you. I'll just leave early on my lease um, as long as you don't. Ding me for it. Yeah, as long as you don't penalize me. That way you can get somebody in here you want to get in here. Just allow me to try to offer my assets to anybody you're negotiating a lease with. So two other groups came in, found by them, loved the place, loved the stuff, loved everything about it, had no money. (laughs) I said, you know, all right, well, let me know when you do. Yeah. And here's the deadline for it. Uh, So long story short is nobody came through. Jesus. Um, Is it still empty? Here's the funny part they I, I closed I locked up the doors October 1st mm-hmm. my stuff sat in there it's still there to this day. They've been tenantless since.
0: Wow. so three months no right, no six months
1: yeah they have been tenantless since with my stuff sitting in there showing it to various people. With the stuff, they, they we went and cleaned it, set everything up where it's supposed to go right. so people can see it like a model home. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, they just had no luck. But I just finally sold off the assets. Okay. Wow. To a person who finally signed a lease. But she's not going to open up until June. Oh, gee. So think about the, the lack of a tenant. For nine months? Right. But that's okay.
0: I mean- That's really not your. <laughs> it's not your bag of rocks to carry around, right? Correct.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just from a business standpoint, I didn't understand it. Yeah, um, had they just kept me in to the end of my lease, which was basically the time this this guy was open. June first of yeah. this year, I was like, it'd be fine. I mean, there was some animosity between them and us, well, but, but sure. because they just weren't pulling their weight on the on the property. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was a their biggest tenant, but B, I was cleaning the parking lot. I was cleaning their bathrooms. And I was, mm. You know, I was doing things above and beyond because I want my space to yeah. remain, to keep the luster it always had. Of course. But I can understand it because I think they were in the p- process of getting it sold. So they were absentee Yeah, yeah. most of the time. And me- I understand it. That's totally fine.
0: Do you have any designs on starting it back up? Do you have any desire to do that? Given what you've been through?
1: I do. Um, I have kept the name. Okay. I've kept the trademark. I've kept the parent company. I am working with a gentleman now that is trying to purchase the entity from me hmm. and reopen it as a new and improved, okay. I guess you would say. It's a different con- – it's more of an entertainment concept.
0: Okay, like a Rooster Moon 2.0? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: a little more tech savvy because that was a big part of of our model was – for people who need to work, and we know the the workplace these days is virtual, we understand that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more of a. It's not going to be your 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 model your rent and office model like a galvanized gather shift model. You know, I mean, it's not my concept, so I can't tell you in depth what it is. But it, it's more of a fun place to be. Gotcha. It's a, it's, it's less of a workplace. I don't know how to
0: say that. But, or, but I guess my question is, given the the almost seven years. Do you have designs on doing that again? Why not, man? Yeah? That's what I live for. I I mean, that's amazing just because I saw the level of burnout you were experiencing, and it's only been a few months now. I was
1: honestly out of work, well, staying at home for six days after I locked the doors, Mm -hmm. and then I was into something else, with (laughs) somebody else. I mean, not as an owner, as an investor, but I was helping them build out a concept that I thought was awesome. Yeah. So I helped them do that up until last month and they were on their feet. So I moved on. Wow. You
0: know, I'm, I can't sit still. And I'd expect nothing less from you, but given that I haven't seen you much in the last few months and the last time I saw you and given everything that you described, you can imagine why I'd find that a little bit surprising. You know what I mean? Um, Is that, is that fair? Is my level of surprise at least a little bit fair?
1: It's very fair. And it, And honesty, when you asked me to do this podcast, I was trapped. I was.
0: Oh yeah, no, it took some. I had some trepidation.
1: I was like, I it's a, it's going to be boring. I don't want it to be negative because it's not negative. Yeah. And how am I going to spin it to where it was a good thing? Well, it was a good thing. It was. It was a great thing. I learned. Okay, let me put it into perspective this way. I felt very isolated and alone since the closing of Bruce Moon, because you can imagine. I knew everybody that walked in that door. Mm. I saw a thousand people a day. You know, that's an exaggeration, but it felt sure. like it sometimes. And I knew everybody. And for the past two months, I've I've heard, I've, I've been off the face pages. Yeah. So it's like I, I felt very isolated from all the people I knew. But it gave me a lot of perspective. And, and this past week, I had a meeting with, for the first time since I closed up a face-to-face with my former business partner. Mm. And we had a fantastic conversation. And I respect him. And so many arenas. And I said to him, I said, you know, I would have done a lot of things different. He said, I would have too. Hmm. And that says we've learned something. Yeah. You know, uh, keep on doing what you've always done. You always get what you always got. Mm-hmm. So I am I made my own mistakes. I didn't have to learn through someone else's. I learned my own. And, yeah, I think it's a very positive thing. And if the opportunity comes up again to do anything, I'm there. Wow. I'm there. But there will be parameters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. Okay. So, you, I mean, you're a big sports fan, as am I. Yes. And a common narrative you hear from athletes, especially high-level professional athletes, is they work their entire life to achieve their dream of playing Major League Baseball or the NBA or whatever. And their careers, if even if they have a great career, they're over before they're 40, right? And once you've achieved your entire dream and half your life is still in front of you, how do you do that second act? Now, when we talked, um, Rooster and Moon, I know you'd worked in the restaurant industry. We covered that at length on our first conversation together. You work so that you can eventually create, write your own ticket, basically. And create your own space and put it in your own vision. What are you thinking for a second act? And how are you approaching the second act now that you've achieved your dream and since closed it? Well, let's use the sports analogy. Okay.
1: You say that most athletes, you know, spend the entire first half of their life building up to their goal, getting achieving their goal, and then starting a second act. Golf's a sport. Freddie Couples is still playing, isn't he? <laughs> I... I think so. You know what I mean? Sure. I look at it as a, as a golf career. Okay. Okay. Spend your younger life getting really good at it. Continue to grow at it. Achieve your goals or not.
0: Or, or yeah, work towards achieving yeah. them.
1: But then spend your second half playing the sport you love, <laughs> making some money, and slowing the game down a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's like I have. I have realized something that you don't see when you're in it. Mm-hmm. There's a little tunnel vision, but... I've learned more than I thought I did by stepping back and looking away from it for a minute, um, talking to people around the industry, and this is the really exciting thing: talking to, to people that you really haven't met, but they know your name. It's a very nice thing, <laughs> you know. Talking to somebody, I'm like, "Yeah, I used to own Rooster Moon. Are, are you Bird? <laughs> there you go. You're you like- know, I mean, okay. So that's what you're trying to achieve." Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you want it to be in a good
0: way. <laughs> you don't be, Oh, Christ. you're that dude. Oh, you know, Christ.
1: You don't want to be that guy.
0: Um, you, you, you want to be that guy. You don't want to be, Oh, that fucking yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy. I know about you, pal.
1: Yeah. So that's the second half is helping others right now anyway, helping others get to where they want to be. I may even step out of the industry for a
0: little bit. We'll mm.
1: see where it takes me. Um, I know I said I wanted to talk to Kristen about real estate. Well, I'd look at the commercial side of it because I've been on this side of it. Yeah, yeah. I've learned some things about restaurant. Yes, real spaces estate. and leases. Yes, and, and what needs to go in and what's already there and, and those things. So it's something I'm dabbling in. Just yeah, you get an eye in. for
0: that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Given, okay, so you said that you've learned more than you thought you did. And given that Rooster and Moon existed for almost seven years, we talked almost three years ago to the month. What would you tell yourself then? that you know now that you didn't know then that that might be useful or something you know when this happens don't be afraid to act this way or don't be afraid to do this is is there something that you can share that that might be useful ideally
1: i mean i have the perfect answer for that if i would have talked to myself three years ago right after i interview yeah i would have said what you need to do right now is is corral you're starburst and you need to corral. Hmm. So I would have honestly closed for two weeks. I would, I would have changed my brand. I would have slimline my brand. Hmm. I was trying to do too much. Icarus, you know, I was trying to do too much. (laughs) Um, And then it was fine. The scope of that was fine when I had four people, but when it's just me, I mean, my employees were the best ever.
0: You had Um, a great staff,
1: but they were also working for me as a means to justify their ends. They're in school and they're, they're doing things. Some of them are teachers, yeah. you know, and they were supplementing their income by working for me. I couldn't put on them the onus of I need somebody to write the schedule or I need somebody to help me with this or help me with that. So I would have scaled it back. Um, I would have I would have marketed to the people that were actually coming in hmm. um, to benefit them. And in hindsight, I honestly would have done that. Hmm. I would I would have closed it down for a couple of weeks, cleaned it up, changed it up. But not to the point where it's unrecognizable. Yeah, no. But it's just going to be a little bit different. And I honestly think it would have changed the game for me.
0: Do you think if you had followed that advice, do you think you'd still be doing it now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would have finished out the lease at least. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you what, man. It's always a pleasure to get to talk to you and especially to get to talk to you on the record because you are never short of interesting things to say. And it was tough. For the, the only thing that was tough for me about working at Rooster and Moon was I wanted to chat with you more, but I had shit to do. So there were times where I had to like shut it down. I'm like, I can't, I can't keep doing this because I actually have to send this email or write this piece of bullshit for a client. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it was just me either.
1: I think all my entire staff was like that. There were days. Okay. So you work in the same place for so long, you, you start to notice the little ticks of the people that come in all the time. And one of the the one that was universal was when somebody had something really to do, like a deadline or a big piece of work, they wouldn't sit at the bar. They would come (laughs) in and sit at a table because they knew if they were sitting at the bar, they were going to be engaged with the staff.
0: Yeah, Well, and with the people that you, you would introduce them to. You'd make the people at the bar talk to each other.
1: Well, I think that's what it's all about, and if, which was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm creating a network for you. Yeah, yeah, it, and and on the other token, I would see people come in, and there would be no seat at the bar, and I would see a pout across their face because <laughs> they had to sit at a table. It's a, that's a good feeling, you
0: know. Oh man, sure. you need
1: a bigger bar.
0: Yeah. Oh God damn it! What <laughs> what happened today? Well, I'll tell you what, man. This was a delight and I'm, I'm really happy that we got to revisit this. I mean, because three years, a lot can happen. It's, it's remarkable. All three of these episodes that I've done now have been incredibly illuminating just because the, the world changes and life goes on. And no matter what, the, the people that I've talked to reinvent themselves and they keep persisting and You know, if, if what they were doing beforehand ends for whatever reason, they find something new to do. And I mean, that's really what this show is about. That's what entrepreneurship is all about. That's shit. That's how we live our lives, man.
1: Well, you're right. And I going through this and, you know, talking to people around me, I was feeling like a failure because I was closing my business. Right. And the more I thought about it, I said, you know, nothing about this is a failure. No, I was very successful. I, I I did what I, I I did what I set out to do, and I made a lot of people happy, and a, I made a lot of great friends out of it, and I learned a lot. It's all about forward progression, man. If the next thing in life makes you happy, then
0: you you made it a step up. Oh yeah, man. Uh, all right, we do plugs. Is there anything you want to plug? Anything? Not at the
1: moment, man. No. No, I'm 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 finished with my taxes, and I got nothing going on right now. I really don't. All right. For the first time in my life, man. I got nothing to plug.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, It was a good baseball season, so how about this? Go Cubbies. Go Cubbies. (laughs) All right. Cool, brother. Well, uh, continued success to you. Can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks,
1: John. You too, man. Thanks for having
0: me. All right. That'll do it here on the three-year anniversary of the John of All Trades podcast and episode 129 with Bird, Jason Calloway. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you to all my guests. For the three-year anniversary. Thank you for sitting down with me once again, taking time out of your schedule and sharing your story with me and you. That's how I like to envision this podcast. You, me, the guest, all sitting together, having a great conversation. You get to be a fly on the wall with interesting people. One of the reasons this gets to happen, Four Degrees are sponsored from the beginning. Number 4 R E E S. Everything you want to do online, whether it's building a website, social media marketing, or building a campaign, 4 Degrees will be there for you, and they will do it better than anyone else. They are an award-winning firm, and I'm so proud that they are my sponsor. The number four, D-E-G-R-E The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deaf Communications, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. We're on social media, J-O-A-T pod, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, Also, iTunes and Stitcher. Just search John of All Trades. You'll find us. Hit the subscribe button. Fresh new episodes will come your way. Episode previews go up on Monday. That's only on Facebook. So be in the know. Like us on Facebook. And new episodes drop on Wednesday. I'm thinking I got a new episode coming next week. I honestly don't know. We'll find out together. So thank you for being with me for the last three years. Here's to many more. Here's to more interesting conversations. Here's to building a better world. I adore you. And until I see you next... Say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.